This week on NRL Teams. Major changes across the board re-spark the buyer debate. The Rabbitohs begin life without Luttrell, but he's not the only big-name bunny missing. Will Brad Arthur look to rest or roll on in the final round? The Storm and Panthers can finish first. We look at what the minor premiership is actually worth. And for those with Mad Monday looming, what needs to change to delay the dress-ups in 2022? Hello and welcome to NRL Teams. I'm Neve Owens. Round 25 is here. Final round before finals time. I'm pumped for it and I know these guys are as well. A big hello to former New South Wales and Australian representatives, Brett Kamali and Robbie Farrow. Hi, gents. Hey, Neve. How are you going? Good. Look, I know you've been watching plenty of The Voice, Noddy, but you're going to have to tune back in because it's getting serious here as well. No, always watching a lot of NRL. Uh, <laughs> it's a funny round, isn't it? Like We don't know whether teams are going to rest or not rest. Uh, the importance of winning or losing this week. Um, I feel like the top two sides, being Melbourne and Penrith, have been out of sorts the last few weeks. It's, you can't just flick a switch and get back into it. But um, next week is when it all starts. Right, there's a few teams that all finish this year and they say hooray to some legends of the game and players leave to go to elsewhere or they just go home and get out of the Queensland, live a free life and come back to New South Wales lockdown. So that'll be mm. fun for a lot of sides. But no, I'm always across it and can't wait for the finals to start. As a player, do you want that rest come this time of the year or do you really want to keep that momentum going? I think I'd want to keep the momentum yeah. going as a player. I think uh, you know, as excitement's building, uh, heading into the finals, uh, especially for those teams that are guaranteed a spot. I think this is a week where you can fine-tune uh, you know, your performance, your, you know, your cohesion in attack and defence. And um, As a player, I wouldn't want a week off. I'd, I'd want to you know, just keep going and, and build that momentum going into the finals. You mentioned that we're saying goodbye to some legends of the game. We heard from Josh Morris this week that this will be his final year in the NRL. A bloke that you've both played with. He's played for New South Wales. He's played for Australia. He's played a whole heat, 322 yeah. so far NRL games. What's your memory of him, Noddy, as both a player but also as a bloke? Yeah, I think he's a champion bloke. Uh, very down to earth, very appreciative of the fact that he grew up in Kiama and um, got to play rugby league for a living. I played with him at Canterbury. Uh, I wrote a message to him this morning. I, you know, as you said, he's played over 300 games. I think he's scored a try in nearly every second match he's played. I think he finished with 157 tries from those 300 and something matches. Played for every rep side of our. I think he's the best defensive centre our game's had, um, which is a big call. But um, I always say to people, watch how well he defends. Look how early he gets gets organised and gets set. And um, his brother won a few grand finals. Unfortunately, Josh didn't get to achieve that. Played in a couple, but um, yeah, great career and a wonderful fella. Still win one this year. Yeah. Can, There's can, time. Yeah. There's still time. Why can't they just keep defying the odds for the yeah. Roosters? Can you see him and his brother coaching alongside each other one day? Oh, he said he's opening a, a beer company. Yeah. yeah. So he's going he's he's to the alcohol game. So I'd, much, I'd much rather drink beer every day <laughs> yeah, than go into coaching. Yeah, yeah. But um, like Noddy said, uh, I got to play alongside Josh as well. I consider him a great mate. We had plenty of great times on tour off the field uh, over in England and uh, you know, around Europe and, and for the Blues as well, over here as well. And uh, like Noddy said, over 150 tries. But for me, uh, I agree, the best defensive uh, centre we've seen in the game for a very long time. Uh, like his brother, I think their consistency over so many years is what defines them. Um, you, you couldn't remember a bad year they had. Uh, over 15-odd seasons in NRL, they've been at the top of the game every single season and that's what makes them so great, uh, the both of them. And uh, to Josh, uh, obviously following his brother into retirement, uh, yeah, just well done on an awesome career and honoured to, honoured to have 
the opportunity to play in a, a small part in uh, such a great career. Blokes that you just love to watch play mm. as well. Mm. Speaking of consistency, you guys are finding some late in the season in terms of your predictions. <laughs> Let's have a look at how they went in round 24. I think Melbourne's going to put Parramatta to the sword. The run of the Melbourne Storm is over. And I think Manly's going to put another 50 on the Bulldogs, unfortunately. Full time. Manly 36. Canterbury 18. I think Tom scores four tries and runs for over 350 metres. A hat trick for Tom Kravoyevich. It's quite incredible. I'll tell, <laughs> tell you what. Who don't we want to win markets. the comp this year? Who we, don't we want to win the comp? You're, not allowed, to, you're not allowed to ask us this question on grand final week. Because we could potentially jinx both sides of the playing in the grand final. Potentially. We're, we're the mock. I'm the mock. So. <laughs> It'll be the first said, year that no one Just tell me who you don't want to win the comp and I'll tip you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They just keep going extra time, extra time, extra <laughs> yeah. time. We can't find a winner. Yeah. Okay, who, who, who do we think? And then in, instantly the other team will win. What about your 3-2-1? No one can mess with that. Yeah. For me, I, I thought um, Mark Nicholas was very, very good for South City. So he gets my one point. Uh, Tom Travojevic, three tries, not four, unfortunately. Tommy, just pull your finger out a bit more. Uh, <laughs> And Mitchell Moses, you know, big performance from Parramatta. Um, you know, they had a 90% completion rate, which is obviously they've done that twice when they've beat the Melbourne Storm. So that's a little bit of a blueprint. Great kicking game, perfect execution of some set plays and passes. And it was certainly a win that Parramatta needed uh, and would have been a huge surprise for a lot of people. Certainly was for my tipping, that's for yeah. sure. Robbie, what my, about you? My predictions too. Uh, my one point was Mark Nichols as well. He's been outstanding, a real unsung hero for the Rabbitohs. Uh, my two points was Jordan Rapana. I thought he was enormous for the Raiders to get them back home. 16-0 uh, down uh, and came home to beat the Warriors. And uh, my three points again to Tommy Turbo, who I think has probably sealed our, uh, the win in our Player of the Year competition, to be honest. A long, a long way, way ahead. Yeah. Does he have a similar lead in the Dally M's though? We, we'll have to wait and find out on that front. We'll watch him score the try and then we'll acknowledge that it is four o'clock so we can see the teams for round 25 starting with Thursday night footy. The Raiders up against the Roosters. This one in Mackay. Canberra first and Chan's Nickel Cookstar gets his first run on start since returning from a knee injury. So recently re-signed veteran Jordan Rapiner shifts back to the wing. Bailey Simonson is missing with a groin injury. Joe Tarpany has been named but will need to overcome a knee concern and Sia Soliola returns at lock. He's missed the last couple of games following the death of his mother. For the Sydney Roosters, there's a surprising amount of good news for the tricolours and it's nice to be able to say that. Of course, Joey Manu is not one of them. He is missing after facial reconstruction surgery. But Josh Morris is back in the centres and so is Adam Kieran who returns from a head knock. Matt Ikevalu makes a slightly early return from an ankle surgery on the wing. Lachlan Lamb moves to the halves and Sam Walker has been named to come off the bench. In the forwards, Jared Warrior Hargreaves has overcome a knee issue and he'll partner Siwa Tokiaho. And Angus Crichton slots back into the the second row from suspension. Canberra first, knockout footy starts now for the Raiders. I want to ask you about Jack Whiten because he has really stood up in the last few weeks. How important is he as a real leader in this side? Yeah, I think he was a bit lost. Obviously, they've had some dramas with, with George Williams going home. They were out of form. They were expected to go well. He couldn't just quite settle in, Jack. And, and then, obviously, he goes off to State of Origin and plays centre. You know, it's, a, it's like the, the changing of the guard continuously. He plays on that left edge so well for the Raiders. Um, as you said, they've found form again at the right time of year. It's their forward pack are, are being pretty brutal. They're going through the middle. Jack Whiten's coming up with some big plays. I'm really happy that Jordan Rappenau has re-signed with the club as well. Um, you know, he's been great for him. He saved him last week, as you said, Robbie, with your 3-2-1. Um, 
he signed to go to rugby a few years ago, didn't go through because of COVID, come back, and I'm really glad he's got an, an extended contract at the Raiders, and he just plays with his heart and soul every week. He sure does. Another bloke who does exactly that is Joey Manu. Can we just take mm. a moment before we look at this week's team to celebrate the season he has had, Robbie? He's been one of my favourite players this year. He has brought such energy and skill and class to basically every position in the Roosters' backline at some point this season. Yeah, that's right. As you said, he's, he's had to play in the, at 5'8". He's played at centre, fullback, uh, on the wing as well and every t- everywhere they've put him. Uh, yeah, he's been a, a, a done an outstanding job for them. So, uh, you know, we, we spoke a few weeks ago about, you know, what position does he settle in long term because he's too good a player to leave him on the wing or in the centre. You, you want to get a player like that, you want to get his hands on the ball as much as you can. And we saw that when he played 5-8 and we saw that when he played fullback as well. So, but we know at the Roosters, they've got a player called James Tedesco in, in yeah. the number one jersey. And and next year they'll have a, you know, a Luke Keary probably in, a, in a, back at a number six yeah. jersey with Sam Walker at seven. So what does that mean for Joey Manu long term? But definitely yeah, there's going to be a lot of clubs chasing him when he's off contract because he's been superb this year. The other thing is for Roosters fans, don't worry because you get repaired. I know the, the, the injury is horrific, obviously fractured cheekbone. So uh, you do repair, you carry some metal plates. So I've got three screws and six, uh, three plates and 16 screws. Um, you do get to play again. I don't think it affects you too much. <laughs> and look at that nog. So yeah. you better looking before. Right. Right. You better looking before that, were you? Yeah, apparently. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, they go internally. <laughs> you can't see them. But, but uh, that, it, the injury looks horrific. In on the Friday night when it happened, it looked bad. It blows up straight away. Um, and we saw the photos of him Saturday after the surgery or in the hospital. It, it looks bad to start with, but the good news is it's not like yeah. a knee that is an ongoing issue that maybe t- potentially cut down a career. It, as bad as this sounds, it just lets you you get the plates inserted and you go on again. Yeah. So it, so it's good news in some regards for the Roosters and for Joey Manu that mm. it's not going to be an, you know the players that have forced to retire because of knee injuries and ankle injuries. This won't come back to stop him from playing in his career, which is great news. It sure is, and Roosters fans will be buoyed looking at this lineup as well, Robbie, mm. because they do have a number of guys coming back at the right time of the year. Is there enough for Roosters fans to be feeling pretty optimistic heading into the finals? Well they've shown this year that they'll continue to be competitive. Obviously last week was, was tough. You know, they were coming up against the red hot south side uh, and they struggled defensively on the edges. They had guys out, out there on the edges that you know, hadn't played there before and it was really difficult for them to defend against a, a really strong attacking side like South Sar. But yeah, there's a lot more stability on their edge this weekend. You've got Ikevalu back on the wing. Josh Morris comes back in the centres. We've spoken about how good he is defensively. And Adam Kieran was doing a really good job for them as well before he got injured. So uh, they'll look a lot stronger on the, on, the, on the flanks this week and uh, that should bring a lot more stability to their side. It was an emotional old end to the game, into a fiery clash for the Roosters. And we saw Trent Robbo f- Robinson fired yeah. up in a way that we often don't see Robbo fired up. So how does he harness that and ensure that it's directed in the right way on Thursday night? Because the feeling is that Thursday night can't come quick enough. No, I, I, well, I think he got his opinion across in the post-game interview. Uh, he's obviously had got some unhappiness with the bunker and some of the things that have gone against the Roosters this week. Uh, I would have thought as of Saturday or as of Sunday, it's all about this week's performance. He'll know the Raiders need to win. He'll know the Raiders are up for a big clash because that keeps their semi-final hopes alive. They'll have to win the Raiders and they wait to see what happens. And obviously for Trent Robinson, he's also got a semi-finals to prepare for. So I think for him, he's made his comment. He's got over it. They've been fine. They put that aside. They, they focus on what's next. And that's that's the responsibility of an NRL coach, but that's also a good NRL coach. Hey, Noddy, ask you a question as a former halfback. You know, what are your thoughts on Sam Walker starting on the bench? And do you think that's something they'll continue going into the, like, the semi-finals? It's, 
for me, it's a defensive move. The fact they leaked 50 points last week, it's a great defensive move. Lock and Lamb defended very well as a centre, but just didn't have the pace to do anything in attack. So it just gets him into the game. It'll get him, you know, the first 20, 25 minutes is all about that high completion rate. Drew Hutchinson does a lot of the kicking. Um, you know, Lamb is a quality player. Sam Walker comes on when there's a bit of fatigue in the side. Do they need points? You throw the little mm. kid on. Um, again, he's young. It's been a big first year for him. He's about 75 kilos. So it's, mm. um, and the other thing is you're playing the Canberra Raiders who don't pass the ball too often outside of the scrum lines. Mm. So it's all about Basically, bunkering yeah. in, being good defensively. So this is a defensive plan for Trent Robertson, not how many points can we score against the Raiders. That's how round 25 gets underway. Let's head to a doubleheader now on the Gold Coast on Friday night, and the first of which sees the Sharks take on the Storm at Seabus Super Stadium. Cronulla win, and they get to play finals footy. The Sharkies have drawn a short straw, meeting the Storm in the final round. Matt Moylan returns to the starting side, with Luke Metcalf moving to the bench, and Teague Wilton comes into the starting side, swapping spots with COC for Talakai. For Melbourne, it's clear the minor premiership is not on Craig Bellamy's mind, certainly not at the front of his mind. Only four players remain in the positions they played in last week against the Eels. Cameron Munster, Christian Welch, Kenny Bromwich and Felice Kafusi have all been rested, while Jesse Bromwich is suspended and Josh Adokar is out with a hamstring strain. He's also in doubt for week one of the finals. George Jennings and Nelson Asafa Solomona return, so does Dale Finucan, and it'll be the captain's 150th match for Melbourne. The Sharkies have a pretty good record against the Storm. Five wins, five losses in their last ten meetings. I want to throw it back, Noddy, to round five when the coach was sacked and it was a pretty tough month mm. for Cronulla Sharks yeah. themselves and indeed their fans. What changed? Because all of a sudden they're still in control of their own destiny. Yeah, I, I think... Stability is what changed. Obviously, Josh Hannay has been a caretaker coach last year. The Cowboys, he was the assistant coach at the Sharks. Uh, in some regards, you, you've got to get over the business decision that the Cronulla Sharks made, the board decision they made, um, and then just get on and playing football. There was multiple players within the squad that were told they weren't wanted next year or had to fight for contracts. They've gone off and signed them. Uh, I think Braden Trindle's doing a wonderful job in the game management since the injury to Sean Johnson. So it's been a lot of players step up. Uh, I'm a huge fan on Luke Medcalf. So he got the ability to play after round 12 because he's on that development contract. So there's a, lots of good things that, that have happened for the Sharks. Uh, Craig Fitzgibbon gets them next year on the back of a good finish this year. I don't think they've missed the semi-finals for about nine years either, so they're probably a club that's expected to be there. And Playing Melbourne this week without some players, it's probably a good chance for them to get there rather than playing Melbourne at full strength. Let's talk about the Storm side then, mm. Robbie. What did Paris show us last week, indeed being the only team to have beaten them twice this year? What have they shown us about how this Melbourne Storm side can be beaten, can be broken down? I think Melbourne just looked like a really tired footy team last week. Parramatta came up came to that game with a real defensive mindset. Uh, they were aggressive. They attacked without the ball. They, they obviously attacked with the ball as well. But uh, their mentality uh, to get in Melbourne's face, I think, really wore the storm down. And you know, I'm not sure whether the storm are going through a tough training period at the moment. I know Craig Bellamy likes to put them through a mini pre-season, so to speak, before the semi-finals. And if that's the case, that might have had an effect on the way they played. For me, they just really tied, uh, you know, really uncharacteristic sort of... Um, plays by the Storm, you know, guys not getting back in shape and, and normally they, they transition really well and you know, their supports are up and things like that. But on the weekend, they were really down in those, those areas and you know, whether that was due to 
Uh, and it was due to Parramatta's performance because Parramatta were really good. But you know, was that partly due to you know, how tired they are? I think it's. I think this week's come at a really good week for the Storm uh, and the ability for Craig Bellamy to, to rest some of his star players and just freshen them up before the, the finals. I wouldn't be too concerned about that performance last week. That is such an interesting insight in terms of that pre-season before the finals. Let's have a look at part of the season from a Storm perspective and some of the stats around it. Rounds 4 to round 19, they're averaging 40 points a game. Round 20 to 24, the last month of footy, they're averaging 27 points a game. By no means falling off the wagon. We're not too concerned. They've lost that one game. Yeah, only 27. It does tie in with the return of the likes of Harry Grant and Ryan Pappenhausen. Has the return of some of their big guns actually unsettled some of the attacking prowess we've seen this season? You could probably say that a little bit, yeah. I think they've, I feel like the Harry Grant, Brandon Smith battle at the moment is like a Harry Grant in some regards last week looked like he overplayed his hand. He was trying to show the coach he wants to get picked for the first week of the finals Mm. and and forgot about the team structure and the shape. Um, Nico Hines has been such a great find from him, and Pappenhausen has come back. I don't think Ryan Pappenhausen has played the type his, of football that he best, was at the start yeah. of the year. So um, it, it, it's a, a great luxury to have, um, but also I'm not too sure whether you, you can just rest them this week and play some players and just rely on next week you get back to your standards. Mm-hmm. Standards is what Craig Bellamy spoke about after the loss last week. He said, I'm embarrassed for our standards that we didn't play very well and we let some certain things down. I, I agree with Robbie. Like, they look tired. They look out of sorts. And they potentially, are they training really hard at this time of the year? So then they freshen up for the finals. Um, I think it's really important to win that first week of the finals, mm. have a week off, get ready for the grand final qualifier and play. So you can't come in the hard road. You can't play four or five tough rounds of football at this time of year when everyone else is getting better and you're going, as you said there, the points are going backwards. So what happens then come that first week of the finals, Robbie? Do we see him stick with that side we've seen in recent weeks? Not so much the round 25 yeah, side, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But over the last month of footy? I'd, I'd be starting with uh, Brandon Smith at dummy half. I think, like Noddy, I think uh, it, it gives you a lot... Uh, it shores you up defensively with Brandon Smith there in the middle. Uh, Harry Grant come on you know, when there's some fatigue in the game. I think he did try to overplay his hand a bit last week. There were some errors there from, from Harry Grant just from trying too hard. Uh, but I like Brandon Smith starting, starting the game. And, and I think Nico Hines, for me, uh, Pappenhausen is still under an injury cloud. He just does not look like he's got the confidence back yet. We saw during the game last week where he copped a knock on the, on the face, on the jaw, and he went down straight away and he was really concerned for, for his head. Uh, and the concussion and I still think that's in the back of his mind he hasn't got that sharpness about him he's not hitting the holes like he used to in a you know, attacking space like he used to because I think he's second guessing himself a little bit so for me Nico Hines starts uh, Pappenhausen maybe well do you carry then, then you, Pappenhausen might miss out because you, you can't carry a uh, Harry Grant and a Pappenhausen on the bench oh, I've got their bench being Grant, Hines, Fanukin and um, Tui Kamakamika that's their bench can you carry a Hines and a Grant on the bench? Well, Grant will play dummy half. He'll come on and play 25 to 30 minutes. Nico Hines has the ability to play anywhere in the back line. So, and then the, the, the amount of minutes their forwards play, they'll, they'll be fine for Nukin and Kamakamitha. They're just mm. the big bodies. Nelson will start at lock. You've got Bromwich from Welsh in the front row. You've got mm. the other Bromwich and Felice Cafusi in the back row. It's a pretty good side. Still a formidable team. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we'll talk about and that's without the back line. Yeah, it's a good problem <laughs> to have. It, it is, is a yeah. very good That's problem. why Craig, Craig Bellamy's Bellamy. been a wonderful coach for so long because they, they have systems, they've got structure, they put people mm. in place. Um, he'll have to make some pretty tough decisions. It's a tough mm. decision. They've, they've still got 10 players playing this weekend. 
they've rested some, but they've still got 10 from their normal starting side of the playing. And mm. um, we were chatting before about that minor premiership. It, it technically means nothing. Like, it, winning the minor premiership is not what our NRL is about. Uh, we just spoke about the Premier League. It's about that in the Premier League. In England, English Super League, it's about first past the post sometimes. The, whoever wins the grand final is the only thing we remember in the NRL. Well, let's look at our second Friday night game and talk more about that minor premiership because we do see the Eels take on the Panthers, the 7.55pm kickoff at Seabus Super Stadium. For Parramatta, Brad Arthur won't be giving away too much tactically this weekend with a host of last round changes. Clint Gutherson copped a knock to the knee last week. He's only expected to miss the one week. Hayes Perham comes into the side. There's a new look centre pairing of Tom Opacic and Michael Oldfield. There's a new look halves pairing of Will Smith and Jakey Arthur. New look front row, Oregon Kafusi and Maka Hess Makatoa. New look second row, Bryce Cartwright and Keegan Hipgrave. Raymond Stone comes into the starting side at lock. And guess what? A new look bench, Sam Loizu, Kai Rodwell, Sean Russell and Sean Lane. Uh, he did cop a knock to the head on the weekend, but he'll be on the bench if he passes concussion protocols this week. For Penrith, Ivan Cleary has made just one change to his 17. Viliami Kikau returns to the starting side and Liam Martin moves back to the bench. In the extended reserve, Spencer Liniu is available again. He's returning from an ankle injury. He's in jersey 18 at this stage. For Parramatta, looking at their last six weeks or so, we talked about the importance of momentum off the top. That is a huge number of changes to Brad Arthur's side. Are you prioritising rest or momentum? No, it purely just shows about rest. You know, they've played a big physical, powerful game. They've had a lull. They went through four losses in a row. They beat the Cowboys and were unsure how that was going to help them because the Cowboys were horrendous and then they come out and beat the Melbourne Storm. So that's that's probably all the confidence they need. They rest the players. They, in some regards, it's so funny to look at the teams both sides have named this week. One doesn't care about the result and it's all about freshing up their players for a semi-final campaign. And the other coach is picking his best squad that's available and trying to get some rhythm and get ready for a semi-final knockout. So... It's bizarre the approach both coaches, but they can take it however they want to take it because they're accountable for whatever happens. I think it's different for Penrith because they've had a lot of injuries over the last you know, month or two. You know, Dylan Edwards has had time off. Yeah. Toto's just come back from injury. Uh, Luai and Cleary have both been injured as well. Coruscant's been out of the game. Fisher off. Harris. Yeah. So there's a lot of guys there that haven't played a lot of footy. So for them, you know, I don't think they need the rest. I think they're just building nicely because they've had that time off. They've freshened up. They're making their run now. Is it because they perhaps wouldn't mind clinching that minor premiership, Noddy? Because they'll go into this game yeah. knowing whether or not that is still up for grabs. Storm play first. How do players actually feel about the minor premiership? Yeah, as we just chat, chatted before, I, I think as a player, my, the greatest moment of my career was winning a premiership. Uh, the greatest moment of your career was? Mm. Oh, definitely, yeah. Winning the premiership. I, I don't even know if I ever got the minor premiership, or whether we finished first or second in any years of you the playing. No, no idea. No, it didn't care to me. So once you get to the semi-final, it's all about you start believing that you can win the comp as a player. Mm. You you go, oh, hang on a sec, we're coming first or second. We're in the we're in the semi-finals and we're 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 really good at attack. We we have minimal deficiencies. We think we go okay. I think a fan's point of view, a fan loves seeing a minor premiership and the accolades. I think, um, you know, as a player and I think at the end of the season, everyone just reflects on why didn't we win the comp? How do we get better? How do we close that door? How do we win the premiership? So the last 10 years, the team that's won the minor premiership has actually won the grand final on three occasions. It's like, it literally guarantees you nothing. Mm. Is it a case of bragging rights, perhaps, for the Panthers over the Storm, who have had such a remarkable year heading into the finals? 
They had the bragging Panthers, rights the Panthers last won year. The, minor <laughs> the Panthers won the minor premiership last year, but who ended up with the bragging rights yeah. at the right. end? Yeah. You know, yeah. So that, that tells you everything. I agree with what Robbie said. I think Penrith have picked the best side available to play to get some rhythm back together. Yeah. I heard Jerome Lua make some comments today about the fact when Nathan Cleary didn't play, he was so lost. These players have been out of sorts. Yeah. Um, Ivan Cleary made a comment last week, they've got another gear to go. This week's game is about finding that next gear. Mm. So then they're in sync for the first week of the finals. And then they're like, we've got three, three matches to win from next week onwards. And as Brandon Smith said last week, you can't wear the minor premiership on your finger. He was already <laughs> looking ahead very clearly to what is to come. Let's us look ahead now to Saturday afternoon footy and the Broncos taking on the Knights at Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane first. Thomas Flegler took an oily guilty plea on a careless high tackle charge. He'll miss four matches. Ethan Bullimore comes into the front row. Jordan Rickey has been named again as he looked to make his comeback from an ankle injury. Brandon Piakura was hit with a two-match ban for dangerous contact. On the bench, David Mead and Tui Rabati. For Newcastle, who have clinched seventh spot on the ladder, Caelan Ponga will captain the side. Stafford Toa replaces Heimel Hunt on the wing. Chris Randall comes in at hooker. David Clemmer returns from suspension and joins Suaso Su in the front row. Jacob Saifiti gets a rest, as does Mitch Barnett, with Brody Jones coming into the starting side. Phoenix Crossland and Jack Johns come onto the bench. For Brisbane, there is some talk that their coach, Kevy Walters, will start negotiations on his coaching contract with the Broncos in the off-season. He signed to the end of 2022 at this stage. If you were Dave Donaghy and Ben Iken, mm. what do you do? Do you wait? Have you seen enough this year, Noddy? You start the conversation. I don't think you need to rush out in. They've had a very unsettled period the last couple of years. The Brisbane Broncos, they changed coach. They went to Anthony Seabold. They won the wooden spoon. They did a lot of distractions off the field. They got an old boy back. They got Kevy Walters back in. They've gone from the wooden spoon. Well, they're going to potentially finish 13th or 14th in some regard. So that's an improvement from what happened last year. They've made some big business decisions. They've appointed, obviously, two very clever people to run the football club. And that's not... Kevy is Kevy, you know, he's got job is to run the coach and be the coach. But the two administrators they got off the field have or well, one's been in a very successful organization for fifteen years, know how to know how's know how's to build a roster. And they would know that stability with the coach is important to building that roster. Um, so I'm not rushing out and signing Kevy Waters yet. I'm giving him the first six weeks, eight weeks, ten weeks. I'm actually interested to see what Payne Haas does. Because if Payne Haas doesn't commit to the Brisbane Broncos, that starts to show that maybe they don't trust, trust Kevy Walters to be that good long-term coach of the Broncos. So Kevy's got to sell to the club and do the people internally there, which is all these players, that he's the right man for the job so then they all start committing to the club long-term. Mm. Yeah, I think that the start of next year is going to be crucial for them. Obviously, Adam Reynolds coming there, uh, Kurt Capewell. Uh, obviously, they, they've unearthed some really exciting players this year. Katoni Staggs will be fully fit, you'd like to think, at the start of next season yeah. as well. So... Um, yeah, the start of next season is big for Kevy and his long-term future at the club. Looking at the night side they're up against this weekend, we know the kind of footy Bradman best can play. We know how damaging a runner of the football he is. It doesn't feel like the Knights are getting the best out of him at the moment, Noddy. How do they change that? No, they're one of the worst attacking sides in the competition. It's so funny when you think about even... We always talk about the spine and the creativity of the spine. Well, they've got Ponga, Clifford's done really well, Mitchell Pearce and, and normally Braden. Um, Bradman Best. Bradman Best. Uh, Jaden Braley, you know, so there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, it was quite funny to hear Andrew Johns t talk to Caleb after the match last week and say, can we get early ball um, to Bradman Best? And Caleb sort of just, <laughs> like, like, literally 
didn't acknowledge it, you know, like bits yeah. and pieces. And so, the un, the un, it's yes, we want to get more ball in. It's not like the old under sevens where you're just chucking the ball and say, do your best, <laughs> or why aren't you doing something for him down a short side? You've got to give him the right space and scenarios. But yeah, I think I think definitely their attack's got to improve. I don't know why it's so poor for a side that has so many good players. They are winning games, tight games, on the way into the finals. Mm. We know the attack is far from seamless. But are you seeing enough, Robbie, in the grittiness of the way they're going about their footy to suggest that they can trouble teams come finals time? Yeah, definitely. I think you'd be more concerned if there wasn't that grittiness but you had the, the flair in attack. I yeah. think the flair in attack is something you, you can get, whereas that grittiness and, and that resilience in defence is something they've struggled with for the last few years, to be honest. Uh, we've seen them play really well one week and the next week they've been really poor defensively and uh, the coaches you know, bagged them publicly after a game. But the last four or five weeks, whilst they haven't been winning pretty, uh, they've found a way to win uh, and a lot of the times it has been ugly. Like Noddy said, their attack hasn't looked good at all but uh, they've found a way to win and I think that's the most important thing at this time of the year. Let's have a look at the 5.30 Saturday game. The Cowboys taking on the Manly Sea Eagles at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. For North Queensland, just the one change. Who, of course, North Queensland got to sing the team song last weekend for the first time in quite a while. And Cohen Hess is back in the front row. So JT shifts to lock and Ruben Cotter is missing with a shoulder injury. For Manly, the only changes for the Sea Eagles are on the woodwork. Sean Kethy returns from personal leave and Taniella Paseca is back from that ankle injury. They'll both join the fray off the bench and Toff Sipley and Curtis Sirenum drop back to the extended reserves. For the Cowboys, I want to talk about Jason Taumalolo. We saw. I told you last week that someone's going to sing the team. Someone was going <laughs> to sing the song. Yeah, you did. It was a great insight. Yeah. Either the Cowboys <laughs> yeah. or the Dragons will win this game. Someone. Um, <laughs> Thanks, sir. Yeah, but you're right about Jason Tamalolo. You know, the funny thing is, he's the captain of the club. He's on an eight or a ten year deal. It's it's a for him, it's a great contract. But I think for them, it's a good contract as well. Put him in the front row. I think I know he's a middle forward when he's playing lock, but I feel like sometimes a lock takes the third carry in the most mm. sets of six. Like you're the front rower, right? You're expected to do taps. You're expected to do kickoffs. Yeah. You're going to touch the ball. Like you're a leader of your club, aren't you? When you're the front rower, so I, I know it's he's still a middle forward when he's lock. Pick him at front row, make mm. him the leader of your side. Tell everyone else to get on the back of him. Challenge his standards have got to rise because that's what we heard Todd Payton say about if we let him get away with that, then others are going to get away. No, no, mate, you're the leader of the club. You're the highest paid player. You're the front rower. You go out and lead from the front. Does Todd Payton agree? Because it feels like it's been a real season of trial and error for the two of them. Yeah, it has. And they're, they're probably still tinkering with you know, his best position, uh, you know, the best amount of times he gets uh, each week, whether he's playing 80, whether he's playing 50 or 60. And uh, Todd's been criticised at times through the year for the way he's used him. But uh, I think it's been obviously, if anything, I think it's been a good learning curve for the both of them this year. Uh, they probably understand each other a bit more now. Todd probably understands... Jason's game a lot more um, and that's something that hopefully going into next year there will, there'll be a lot less tinkering and, and they can he can just pick a position whether it's front row whether it's lock whether it's edge back row uh, work on that through preseason and like Noddy said say you know put him in one position you're the leader lead this team from the front and that's what he's paid to do just look at look at Jared Rear Hargreaves and just put that photo in front of him and say mate he's the leader of the Roosters mm. you go out and follow that mm. you be our leader and we'll grow on the back of you up against a Manly Warringah side this weekend who will know what they need to do heading into this game. They will have seen the Roosters-Eels game earlier in the round. They'll know whether they need that one more win to ensure a double chance in the finals. Does Desi take that into account when he decides who to actually send out there? Well, I think he'll, some of those interchange decisions will be made on whatever the result 
is needed or required or if there's nothing they can change by the time the match... There's no way um, you leave Tom, DCE uh, and potentially Josh Schuster on the field for more time than you have to. Um, you can't risk them getting hurt. I know it's about winning and getting some form and combinations, but th there's no way Manly... Again, uh, probably something regards... And South Sydney, but South Sydney's got the troll spent. If Tom gets injured, you just put a line straight through Manly straight away. And I think Schuster and DCE are the other two players are very important for him. So you watch the game, you see what's required, and you just react on your interchange depending on the outcome you require. And it's a nice position to be in as well, mm. to be able the to watch super, those The mad teams. coach. The, don't forget, like we, we're, <laughs> I'm just so bizarre. We're around 25 now. If you think about what happened, the five weeks into this competition, mm. Des Hasler was a bad coach, Manly were a bad side, and DCE was on a deal that was too long and was getting too old. And now they're one of the teams that can potentially win the competition. Jeez, we, we move very quickly in this game. We sure do. Mm. We sure do. Thank goodness, on behalf of Manly Seagulls fans. <laughs> Let's head to Saturday night footy now, where the Rabbitohs take on the Dragons. For South Sydney, there'll be plenty of experience watching from the stands this weekend with no Alex Johnston, no Dan Gagai, Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, Damien Cook, Jai Arrow or Cameron Murray in the 17. And of course, no Latrell Mitchell, who'll miss the rest of the season after he accepted his six-week suspension for the high hit on Joey Manu. Blake Taff has been named at fullback. Tane Milne is on the wing and Braden Burns comes into the centres. Adam Reynolds will rest that knee issue this week. Benji Marshall slots in at 5'8", with Lachlan Ilias getting his opportunity at halfback. Patrick Mago is in the front row with Tavita Totola. Peter Mamazelis comes into the hooking role. Jacob Host replaces Jai Arrow in the second row. Mark Nichols will captain the side at lock. And it's an all-new bench for Wayne Bennett's men as well. St George Illawarra now and very few changes by comparison for the Red V. Zach Lomax is replaced by Jared Beal in the centres. Poasa Farmacilli and Jackson Ford swap jerseys with Farmacilli coming onto the bench. And Adam Clune, who announced yesterday that he'll be joining the Knights in 2022, is on the extended bench. Looking at those lineups, do the Dragons stand a real chance here, considering how many changes we're seeing to the Rabbitohs? Yeah, you can say that. Yeah, definitely. And Grant, the great part if you're a Dragons fan and what they've been able to unfold this year is Anthony Griffin's made some tough decisions on some players to leave the club or to move on from the club, and they're invested very heavily into their into the future. So there's some of these young kids. I thought Sullivan was great mm. last week. Played dummy half, which he wouldn't have done, especially in the NRL, and played big minutes, made lots of tackles, was creative. Tyrell Sloan looks like he's a good player. Amoni's going to be something of the future. So they're building for some consistency. Um, it's, it's going to be a, a long time, a, a bit of a planning, but um, they've made some big inroads, I think, going forward. They were in the eight at one stage. So they, they can beat the top sides. So they've just got to know how they can do it more consistently. The, the bad part for the Dragons, you know what they should do next year? Don't have a party at Paul Vaughan's house. <laughs> That's, it's all went, when did it go backwards for them? They, they've lost trust. They've, mm. they've, the players would have fallen out with the coach, with the hierarchy, with the officials, bits and pieces. So you, you know what? Sometimes the off-season is a great thing that can happen. Have an off-season, go back to next year, start a new fresh year and get ready to go again. They could finish the season with eight straight losses since barbecue, barbecue mate, as Nottie <laughs> mentioned what? there. So is Make it... them all vegan next year. There won't be any barbecues. Let's hope we're not in lockdown. And that too. Please, please <laughs> let that be the case for sure. I'm right behind that. Where did the Dragons go, Robbie? Oh, in 2022, is it an awfully long off-season after the end of this year that they've had? Look, I think like Noddy said, they've obviously made a plan to go with youth. So it's going to take time. Uh, they're investing in their youth. We've seen a lot of good young kids come through. Uh, Tyrell Sloan, um, Matthew Fago on the wing. Uh, Cody Ramsey's not there, but he's, he's been there at times this year. Amone, Sullivan, you know, these guys. But they need you know, 30, 40, 50 NRL games. Yeah. 
you know, they'll be better next year, but they're still not going to be great. Uh, so it's going to take probably uh, you know, 24 to 36 months before these guys are consistent in our real players. But that's the path the Dragons need to go down to re- rebuild that club. I think Griffin signed for three years. So potentially it's the third year of his deal when it becomes very responsible mm-hmm. that they've improved and they, they then reinvest again to Anthony Griffin because he's developed these kids and made the right business decisions. While we're talking young fellas, is this mm. a real look to the future for the Rabbitohs? What's the yeah. fullback's name again? Can you... Just... <laughs> we're going with Blake Taft. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure. We had that. G'd up before. Robbie had G'd up. Yeah. <laughs> we were trying to get you to pronounce it you incorrect. Were. You were. Round 25. We were trying to have a bit of fun at round 25. Yeah. You're too professional. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm sure it's tough, eh? Hey? <laughs> I'm sure it's tough. But anyway. What are you expecting from him then? A guy you clearly know a lot about. Yeah. Well, as you said, it's, it's one eye on the future for the yeah. Rabbitohs, isn't it? There was a lot of, I guess, uh, controversy around the club this year and the, and the fans around, you know, do they re-sign Adam Reynolds? Don't they re-sign Adam Reynolds? And everything they spoke about was they had these really good young kids coming through they didn't want to lose and they were going to be the future of the Rabbitohs. And now the fans um, and everyone get to get to look at these, these kids in the spine. Obviously, we've seen a bit of Blake Tough. And, uh, <laughs> and Peter, and Peter um, Mamuzelis, but and now we get uh, a look at Lachlan Ilias mm. at halfback. So you know, they're three key players when you look at the nine, seven and one. Uh, three key positions, three young kids, uh, local juniors. I think actually Lachlan Ilias we were looking at was a, yeah. a, a yeah. Tigers junior. Yeah, him, so. yep. So Leichhardt Wanderers junior, which was my junior club. But uh, obviously been within, you know, in the Rabbitoh system for a couple of years now and these guys would have played a lot of footy together in the lower grades, and now they get the opportunity to play in a row together. So that's exciting for the Rabbitohs. It's an exciting match. You get to make your debut, or you get to play games. It's the semi-final, close to semi-final time. Um, the other thing is for you know Jason Demetrio, the incoming coach next year, he gets to have a look at them before he actually has to pick them for the first mm-hmm. time or play them in, in shape and structure. So the whole off-season for some of these kids, they'll be like, just have a look at this. This is your, you've got to improve this and bits and pieces. It's always an educational process. But it's funny, you know, uh, as young as their spine is, they've still got the second oldest spine in the competition because Benji Marshall's still in there. So, <laughs> uh, so he brings up the average. He's, he's about 75, 75 and then you throw in yeah. three 21-year-olds. It's a still, still a pretty experienced spine. <laughs> and names I have a feeling we're going to get to know and be saying plenty of in the future. Let's head to Sunday Arvo footy now where the Gold Coast Titans take on the Warriors. And for the Gold Coast, after re-signing with the club, Mo Fodawaka returns to the starting side and Tino Fasulmala-Awi moves into the second row. Sam McIntyre shifts to the bench. Kevin Proctor is managing that AC joint sprain. He has been named to start. For the New Zealand Warriors, Janelle Harris-Tavita returns from a foot injury, so Sean O'Sullivan shifts to halfback. Chad Townsend time at the Warriors is over with a shoulder injury ruling him out. Matt Lodge has been named but will need to beat a dangerous contact charge at the judiciary tonight to play and Jermaine Tornoa-Brown replaces Bunty Afoa on the bench. Now, the Titans will know whether or not they still have a chance of making the finals when they go into this game. Is it possible as a player to bring the same intensity regardless of whether that is still a possibility? Do I have to say yes? <laughs> um, no, I think it'll definitely change the yeah. mindset. I think yeah. if if they can't make the finals, obviously you want to finish a year on a on a good note. It's never nice going into an off season off the back of the lo- of a loss. Uh, and it'll be the same for the Warriors too. You know they've spent a long time away from home. You'd like to think they're going to be going home after this, uh, and they'd like to cap off what's been a pretty tough you know, eighteen months for them yeah. um, with a win. So. Now, whilst there might not be a lot riding on the game, I think as a player, and Noddy, I'm sure, will agree, every time you cross that white line, you're playing for, for pride. Um, and, you know, that'll be no different this week. Uh, but, again, if 
you know, if they're not if the Titans aren't playing for a semi-final spot, you definitely are, are a bit more relaxed. You go out there, probably be an attacking game, I dare say. I think defence probably might go out the window, the <laughs> intensity in defence, and they'll enjoy it and they'll have a bit of fun, but you still want to win the game. Uh, it, certainly the game's all mental, in it? The preparation for the game, how you turn up, how you prepare. If you're a chance of winning to make a semi-final, you, you're fully focused, you're high completion rate, got lots of line speed, lots of energy, lots of kick chase, you're not forcing those passes. Mm. If you're not playing for a semi-final, you're having a little bit more fun, you're trying to still win the game, you might yeah. come up with a pass that you probably wouldn't come up with because it's a bit more of a miracle yeah. pass, but yeah. if it comes off, you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to win type of concept. So mm. I think that the circumstances of what the result is changes a bit. But there's again, this round of football is so good because there's so many different moving positions depending on the results that happened before you. What about this Warriors side? They've had another season, as Robbie says, yep. away from home on the Central Coast and up in Queensland. They have lost seven games by six points or less this year. Is this a finals-quality footy team? Yeah, well, that's the start of it, isn't it? Not getting blown off the park anymore. You're narrowing the gap for losses. Then, mm. you know, the good thing about having close losses and hopefully what Nathan Brown and the coaching staff and the players are starting to learn, you then start to learn how you win games for football and then those all those losses you just said they had in a row for by six points or less, well, then all of a sudden you go, OK, well, let's try and win half of those next year, then the following year we can win. They get Sean Johnson next year, so obviously they probably get a... You know, if Sean plays, they get that creativity and settled half. Reese Walsh has been a great find for them. Mm. Um, they've got a good pack of forwards. They chose to go really big this year. That was the, the makeup of the off-season. They had the biggest forward pack in the competition. That has still worked for them. If, imagine if they get to go home next year. They play out of New Zealand. They li- sleep in their own beds and they learn how to improve those close losses into close wins. It'll mm. be great for the Warriors. It sure would, and their fans as well. All right, let's head to our final game of the round now where we'll see the West Tigers take on the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs at 4.05pm kick-off at Morton Daly Stadium. For the Tigers, Michael Maguire has been forced to make just the one change to his 17 as the Tigers' hopes of the final chapter of this year's tale is a positive one. Alex Safarth's knee injury sees Kelmer Tuilangi come onto the bench. James Roberts is in jersey 18. The Jet has been grounded since round 16. The Canterbury-Bankstown, Matt Dury, unfortunately an ACL injury has ended his season and the start of 2022. Not good news for him. So changes. Will Hopawade still celebrating the end of his time at the Bulldogs. Corey Waddell is into the second row. And in the extended reserves, you've got Dylan Napper and Jake Avarillo. Looking at this game, gents, for the Tigers, if you're Michael Maguire and you finally have your salary cap back in shape, you're in control there. You've got money to spend in 2022. What are you going to market for? Well, Robbie's making these decisions, isn't he? Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you're on the you're strings a, these you're days, in, You're a Tigers employee, <laughs> yeah. too, actually. Um, I, I think the unfortunate part is obviously they've got... An, you know, a centre coming over from England and Jackson Hastings coming over. So um, Great Britain International Centre. Jackson Hastings, a quality... I don't know if he's going to play half. I think he'd be a great jersey 13 in the current game. So that, that adds a bit of a ball-playing skill to your side. I think the Adam Dewey injury hurts that a little bit next year. Um, Stefano, you, you, Toiko Kamana. Kamana, yeah. yeah. He's going to be a player of the future. Sean Bloor's a player of the future. McCallie's nice and tough. Luciano Leilua's showing some good signs. Um, the, the sides that have got... Dane Laurie's only a young kid, so again, you've got to wait for him to become a 30-game, 40-game. I think Jackson Hastings, mm. with his footy smarts, will be good for the club. Mm. Um, I, in some regards, probably they don't need too much, but there's, they're probably a, they don't need too much, but also they're a long way off, if that makes any sense. Like they, It's that final to- polish 
bits and pieces of class, having some consistency for this football club. They've changed coaches for consistently over time. They've had salary cap problems. I think racing out and spending too much money, and I've heard the coach say this, racing out and spending too much money on a panic decision puts you in more trouble again. Hmm. Let's have a look at the Bulldogs side as well because they have confirmed today that a host of players at the club will not be there next season. The likes of Dylan Napa, Will Hopawate, Lachlan Lewis, Nick Meany, Rena Fatoni, Sione Katoa, Dean Brett, Chris Smith. There's a number of guys there, which also means with the key signings coming in for 2022, there is a little bit of space. If you're Phil Gould, Robbie, what's your focus for the off-season? Well, I actually follow Gus on, on social media. Oh, good. Well, you uh, know exactly. Yeah, and he, and he said that they've got 29 <laughs> players as part of their top 30 next year, and yeah, they've got one spot. They got one spot left for a player on minimum wage. So their 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 roster next year is pretty much set. And, um, and they've got some big players coming in. I'd I'd even go forward and saying their roster in 2023 is pretty set as well. Mm. So Canterbury fans get used to the rebuild because yep. it's going to be like this for a long time. They, they, they've bought quality players next year. Yep. They've just got to hope those players they bought in the backs can perform, yeah. can perform very well because they didn't buy any forwards. Or, no, I don't think they bought any uh, forwards. Tavita Pangai. Tavita Pangai, sorry. Yeah. They did buy one forward. So they've got to make sure whatever they bought next year, they can sit and ride and, and make sure that Trent Barrett, who was the best development coach in the game, turns into that really good NRL head coach. Mm. Otherwise, it's another five years of pain for Canterbury. Yeah, we'll see that patience mm. after another really tough mm. season for the Doggies. All right, round 25 does kick off on Thursday night, of course, with the Raiders taking on the Roosters. That game is on in Mackay. And you can see the whole round across Fox Sports, across KO, um, Channel 9, Sky Sports New Zealand and watch NRL for our international viewers. Gents, round 25 predictions. What are we talking about this time next Tuesday? I'm going to say that Tom Trevojevic will score one try. Oh. One. Just be One solitary <laughs> No, I'll joke. Have a little bit funny. Um, <laughs> I think Anthony Milford will send off the Broncos with a win, a big win, uh, and we'll see that tiny bit of light that we hope he was going to become for the Broncos as he waves goodbye with a massive victory over the night. Look, well, that one hurts me, but I'd be happy for Anthony Milford. <laughs> Robbie? I think Canberra will make the eight. I think they win on Thursday night, and I think the Sharks will still lose to the Storm. And I think on Sunday there could be 120 points in both games. We've got the Titans Warriors and Bulldogs Tigers. Wow. A lot of attacking footy. Not much, de- <laughs> not not much defence defense. on Sunday. No, one, no one's going to tackle on Sunday. Your tips football. have been going all right, I hear. So Not we'll really. keep those ones in mind. Probably two nil or draws <laughs> after that one. Yeah. A very quick one before we go. We have just gone through an absolute host of changes, especially across those top teams yeah. for round 25, mm-hmm. which of course has us talking about that pre-finals buy again. Are you a fan? Should it be a thing? Having a buy round 25? No, I, th- I don't or like a, it. A buy round before the finals? No, no the, the, the AFL tried it, loses all momentum, it stops sides resting players. It's That's the I point think, though, isn't it? That it stops sides No, but I think, I think if you've earned the right to rest players, you can. You, you can. Yeah. And they, the teams that have earned the right, like the Storm and the Panthers, are going to finish in the top two and you know, they've, they've performed well throughout the year and they've earned the right to rest players. Penrith's full strength. Penrith is at full strength this week. Um, Manly are at full strength. 
So it's de- technically two out of the four, or two out of the four teams that can win the competition. Two are full strength and two are resting players. Mm-hmm. And over the next few weeks, we'll see how that plays out yeah. for both teams. Yeah. You two have earned to rest. Have seven oh. days off. We'll see you back here next week. Oh, thanks. Thank <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome. Thank you to you, Robbie. To you, Noddy. Thank you to you for tuning in at home. Enjoy round 25. We'll see you back here next Tuesday to talk finals footy here on NRL.com.